voices on that chorus. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Lord God, we contemplate what that uh, chorus means. Uh, this, this, this wonderful chorus, this uh, praising of you, is my song forever. Wow. It started in my heart at salvation, and it gets to be my song, not in ju- just this life, but the next. Forever. We will be praising you and giving you all the glory. Do your great name. Lord, I pray that there's somebody within the sound of my voice this morning they can't say that. They just, they just can say, well, I'm experiencing life now, but I don't know what's to come. Lord, I pray that today you would touch them with your great salvation and that they would receive you as Savior. Lord, for the rest of us, may we just glory in your great name, give you the praise that you deserve. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Hey, uh, please fill out one of these blue cards. It's called an FBCO Connection Card, Uh, especially if you are a first or second time guest with us. We'd love to know uh, who's worshiping with us today and how we can meet your needs. There's also uh, prayer cards available that we'll be faithful to pray for. So you can either put those in the uh, uh, offering plate later, or you can take those to the Connection Center. If you have any more questions, there'll be people out there to answer your questions, all right? So please do that. Pray for... um, our pastor and family, as he is traveling back, they are traveling back uh, from vacation. And I know a lot of people are traveling back from vacation this weekend. So uh, please uh, be in prayer for all those who are on the road. Keep them safe and bring them back to us. And, uh, and we will rejoice in that. Um, so we are, go ahead, Deb. We are about to sing a couple of hymns that are related to a writer, John Newton. When I say the name John Newton, you are thinking of the song what? Amazing Grace. And we're going to sing that in just a minute. But a quote that he uh, is said to have said in his life goes like this. Although my memory is fading, I remember two things very clearly. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. Well, a couple of writers recently took those words and wrote this song that we've been singing for a few months now. And let's sing it together. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more, stronger than darkness, new every morn, our sins they are many, His mercy is
again, please. Lord God, we just come before you now in our tithes and our offerings. Lord, bless them and uh, just uh, grow your kingdom. May men, women, boys, and girls come to know Christ because of our faithfulness at this very moment. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Okay, how many caught that I started the bridge too soon? My king is coming. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with starting thinking about the king coming, right? So, anyway. He is coming, by the way. And we got to be ready. There's two types of folks. Those ready, those not. And Brother Blake's going to be coming and preaching about that in just a moment. This song came to mind uh, when Blake told me he was going to be out of John uh, 14. And uh, the, the chorus of this song is just so, so, so powerful. Um, who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh. Yahweh. Who gets the glory and praise? Nobody but Jesus. He's the only one that can rescue, the only one that can save. Let's sing it together. Remember those walls that we called sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are run now. Remember those giants we called death and grave. They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came and he died and he rose. Those giants are dead now. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what he does. He saves us. He bore the cross, the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away. Faith so weak that we could barely pray, but he heard every word, every whisper. Now those altars in the wilderness tell the stories of his faithfulness. Never once did he fail, and he never will. Stand with us, take it. This is our God, this is who He is. 
Well, Brother David, I wish you wouldn't have said you rushed the bridge. I always thought you were perfect. And now, I'll have to watch it more often. But I can't read music, so I wouldn't know when you crossed the bridge anyway. So that's okay. No, it is an, an honor to, to be able to bring the message this morning. I, uh, about a month ago, the pastor in, our, in one of our meetings said uh, he would be on vacation and this was the way he said it. Well, I guess it's your turn again. <laughs> I didn't know how to take it, but here I am. So, um, but I do have to say, I, I do not preach as long as Brother Philip, but do not tell him that next week or he'll make up the time. And so uh, let's just keep what happens here today, here today. So that'll, that'll help us all. Uh, just a couple of quick updates from... Uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, we have uh, uh, returned our second team from Guatemala, and uh, we have had a um, uh, tremendous uh, summer as we have ministered in Guatemala. Uh, we, have, uh, we were trying to figure it out the other day, and uh, we have, uh, in our eighth trip there, I think we've either had 94 or 96 homes we built over the, the past six years, and so to God be the glory for that. But it's a lot deeper than that. We have experienced um, a growth in the kingdom. And uh, we uh, uh, have um, um, this year got to go back to the same village twice. And it was an amazing thing from week one in June to week um, two in, a, in our August trip to see uh, the pastor and to, to encourage him and to see the growth just even in the two months uh, that, that have passed since the two trips. And so... Uh, God is doing great things there, and continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Guatemala. Also, yesterday, we had our day of giving, and uh, it's our annual day of giving, and uh, we were able to, um, to service about 103 families, which uh, included over 400 people. Uh, they got clothing. They got school supplies, if you were an Ozark uh, kid. Uh, they got food from two different outlets. But the two most important things they got was all 103 families were prayed over and prayed with. And as they walked out, they, had, they were presented a Bible 
uh, from our Gideons. And uh, even uh, Chris McGee, he said, we've, we've given more Bibles out today than we've had at any other event. And so the most important thing is that they left with the Word of God. And so uh, clothes will pass away, um, food will go away, but the Word of God will stand forever. Amen. So thank you for everybody here that serves, um, that have served this summer um, locally and around the world. And uh, God is doing great and mighty things. As I begin this, uh, this uh, message today, uh, the beginning of this, the young people will have no idea what I'm talking about, but hang loose because you'll get there, okay? Many years ago, because some of you all will smile when I say this, but when you got ready to plan a trip, you went to your atlas. See, they're going, I have no idea what an atlas is. Yes. And if you had a really good atlas, you know you had uh, each state was uh, on a different page. And so, you know, you were in Missouri. You wanted to go to Arkansas. You had to up to the A's and uh, figure out the pass to go down, and, and uh, you would do that. And uh, for many of you all, your navigator was your spouse, and uh, they would do really well. And until you missed your, till you missed your turn, <laughs> yes, and uh, they would politely say, you missed your turn. And you would say, well, just hit the next one and we'll go around. It's okay. Um, you stopped at gas stations to ask for directions. Two cities over. <laughs> only to find out that you had to go back to two cities and come around, but that's okay. But, you know, you were doing that, and uh, uh, it, was, it was fun to, to plan that. You tried to, um, to figure out the best path to go. Um, then we moved up. And uh, they became the GPS navigation systems that you could, um, uh, came with a little licky thing you could put on your, on your front window. Yeah, and you punched the numbers of the address that you wanted to go, and it would send you there to the best of its knowledge. And uh, you would hear, wrong turn, wrong turn, rerouting. I hate those words, Right? <laughs> I met a friend one time that said, you know, you could download uh, different languages into the app. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I got redneck. <laughs> he says, watch this. And he says, you miss a turn. He goes, turn around, idiot. <laughs> and so, you know, you just, you know, you can do whatever you wanted to do. But now here's where the young people will come in. It's on your phone now. You can punch in anything and you can get to a certain area except in Ozark, um, because if you wanted to go to 6th, you have to go over to 9th and go over and there and go up a block and over that. Anyway, I'm going to talk to the mayor about this. <laughs> it is hard to get around. And so I've always uh, wanted to live on a street that an ambulance could find me if needed. And uh, um, it's just very difficult to do that. So uh, we have come a long way with apps, with MapQuest, with uh, Google Maps, with Everything now you can uh, hit your address and, uh, and, and, and expand it out and even see your yard and everything. It's just amazing how things have changed. But today we're going to look at the most important thing is there's only one way to God. Even though society and the world tells us there's many ways, there's only one. And so I hope today as you... Um, um, listen to this message 
that you will hear and understand there's one God and one way. And for some of you guys and gals in here today, you may need to hear the words rerouting because you've gone down the wrong path or you have thought there was a different way uh, to eternity, but there's only one way. Um, so today, as we open up, and we'll be reading John chapter 14, 1 through 6. And so if you'll turn there, we'll read there and, and, and get there. Uh, John 14, 1 through 6. It says this, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. And there I am, you may also be. And you know that where I go, where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Father God, you are an amazing God, and we pray today that as we look and, and break down this passage of Scripture, that you will speak to each of us. Lord, that if today is the day that uh, somebody hears this for the first time, or maybe it comes to make sense for the first time, may today be their day of salvation. Father God, I pray that today you'll move me out of the way and that you will speak through me and that lives will be changed because they have encountered the amazing uh, God of eternity. So God, speak through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, as we look at this passage of Scripture, we will discover three things. The comfort of God, the promise of God, and the only way to God. To set the stage for this passage, you know this is coming to the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. Um, we, will, we will see the 12 disciples that have traveled with Jesus through this time. And, and I don't know if you guys ever do this, but you ever think about what it would have been like to be one of the original 12 disciples and to travel with Jesus. To see the miracles firsthand. To see Jesus take five loaves and two fishes and feed 5,000 men and their families. What was amazing about that is the next passage of Scripture, there's 4,000 people, and they were wondering, how are we going to feed these people? And so even for them that were everyday travelers with Jesus, they still had those questions, or they still didn't understand everything that was going on. They got to experience the, the rising of Lazarus from the dead. They got to see other many miracles and um, things that, that they got to see firsthand that was just an amazing point of, of following Jesus. Saw it firsthand. When you see these kinds of things happen, you wonder, again, what it would have been like to, to been one of those original 12. But we'll see in a little while how Thomas even had doubts. Even Peter, one of his faithful followers, said, Jesus, I'll never do this, and he did. And so even through this message today, I hope you find comfort in knowing that even the closest followers of Jesus messed up, and we will too. But you know, as it comes to this 
point in, in, the, in the message in, in, in following Jesus, uh, he kept telling them that he would suffer and die and the temple would be rebuilt. And again, they did not understand this temple thing because they were thinking of the earthly temple. But in John 2, 19, just a few pages back, it says, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And again, looking at this passage, they're thinking of an earthly temple, but Jesus was saying, I'm going to die, but I'm going to raise back up. Um, and, and this is the temple. And so when you think about that. So we get to the end of chapter 13, and uh, what's happening is the, the Last Supper, uh, the washing of the disciples' feet, and even Jesus saying that one of these people that are my closest followers is going to betray me tonight. And I can understand and, and think about what it would look like in a, in a room with the 12 disciples and Jesus saying this and they all looking at each other going, it's not me, it's not me. Who is it, Jesus? And we find out later it's Judas that has, is, that's, is going to betray Jesus. But even with that, all of this is happening and th so with this in mind, you kind of think about the backdrop of where we are and how we get into chapter 14. So verse 1 tells us this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe, God, believe in God and believe also in me. See, Jesus had this discussion over the past three years, and finally the disciples are getting to the reality that Jesus is going to die. That uh, and They still don't understand this whole process of what's going on, but they know that he is going to be leaving. But he's saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Why? Because we'll find out in the following verses, he's going to prepare a place for us. See, since the beginning of creation, God had a plan. And this plan started by creating man in his image, in, 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 in his image. And he knew that we would mess up. Nothing that we do surprises God because he's a sovereign God. When we look at our world around us and say, our world is going crazy, it doesn't surprise God because he is a sovereign God. See, he had a plan from the beginning, and as you look through the Old Testament and the New Testament, this plan was coming to... Uh, to the top because he sent Jesus in the form of a baby to live a perfect life, to die on the cross for you and for me, to be buried, but to raise again, and to go to prepare a place for us. See, this was not uh, nothing as, again, a surprise to Jesus. If you go back to the Old Testament, go back to Isaiah 53. And you'll read in, in Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6. It says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. We are like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his very own way. And the Lord has laid him the iniquity of us all. See, Jesus was making a statement here. You can believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, I've never lied to you. I've told you the truth. You've seen God in, in and through me. Now you can surely believe in me. See, trust me is what he was saying. Now we move to verse 2 and 3, 
where it says, In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And I go and prepare a place for you and come again and take you to myself. And there I may be also, that I may be with you also. See, Jesus told him again he was going to leave and go to prepare a place and, and, and a place with many rooms. And when you think about this, this gives us a little small glance into heaven. See, we have no idea what heaven will be like. We have gotten to, to see some things, oh, maybe over in Revelation where there's streets of gold and, and, and pearly gates and, and whatever all this means. But there's a place prepared for people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. See, as the pastor Philip has said today, or many times, he has said there's two types of people in here. There are people who have put their faith and trust in Christ, and they're bound for heaven. And there's people who have not, and they are bound for hell. You're either bound for heaven or bound for hell. There's no purgatory. There's no ever anything in between. But God has sent Jesus through here to, to, to do the sovereign plan that he had put together so he could go and prepare a place for us. We have no idea what this, again, will look like. We have no idea what, what, uh, what heaven will be like, but I can promise you this. It's going to be glorious because we're going to be at the feet of Jesus. Praising him and worshiping him. And uh, I can't imagine what that will be like. When we were in Guatemala this past Sunday, the uh, worship pastor, bless his heart. We, would, we ought to try this here one time, David, but it would probably be your last Sunday. I'm just kidding. But we would sing a song, and he would say a few words, and he said, just one more song. And we would sing again. Oh, this is good. Just one more song. Over an hour of one more song. But when I got done preaching, they didn't say one more sermon. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a glorious thing because here's what it, it was. It was, a, for lack of a better term, it was in a, in a hut, in a shed. And we were praising the Lord Jesus with just one more song. And, uh, you know, when you think about eternity and what that's going to mean, we're going to, we're going to have eternity to praise and to worship Jesus. It was, a, it was an amazing thing last Sunday after I got done, our, our missionary uh, contact, Alex. He was my interpreter uh, during this, and uh, we, were, we were finishing up. And uh, um, after Pastor Walter um, came to say the last few words of, of the message or uh, to, to his people. Uh, again, something that would never work in the States. He said, we have some visitors here today. And he called them by name. And he said, you need to turn to Jesus today. You want to do that right now? Do you have the courage to do that now? And uh, they wouldn't go too well in the States. You know, when I was first in ministry, we would have visitors stand up and greet them, and now visitors don't want to stand up. They don't even want to sign the card that they were here, right? And so uh, Pastor Walter was, was, in their, was in their face, but it was a good thing because we had done some uh, evangelistic visits to some of the homes that we built, 
and uh, those people were in church that day. And so they got to hear the gospel, and he was asking them to respond. But at the end of the service, um, I got a little taste of heaven. And Alex, our, our, our contact, had my wife come up, and we were um, standing there. I have no idea what he's doing because he's speaking Spanish. And uh, he asked uh, Pastor Walter and his wife Alma to come up, and uh, they're Guatemalan. And he asked another uh, family from their congregation to come over. And uh, they were a very old, uh, older couple. Old is not old anymore. As you get older, old is not old anymore. And so, um, but they were older, and uh, they were Mayan. And um, it was an amazing thing to me, because here's what Alex said. He said, you have two white-skinned people that speak English. You have two lighter, darker-skinned people that speak Spanish. And you have two folks that are here that speak one of the 21 dialects of the Mayan culture here, and they're very dark-skinned. This is what heaven will be like when we're all together. And I was reminded of, of Revelation 7, 9 through 10. It says this, it says, After I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from every tribe and peoples and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I sat in front of that church that morning and wept because I got to taste a little bit of heaven. It's not going to be a white heaven, folks. <laughs> I'm sorry. But every tongue, tribe, nation, I hope they speak English. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath, but we will understand what that is. But you will not experience the eternal life in heaven apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is, it is vital that you hear that without Jesus, you're headed toward hell. And we don't like to say that because hell is a bad place. And we, want, we like to think of the good things of life, but the decision today is yours, how you will spend eternity. Well, let's, let's finish up by looking at verses 4 through 6. It says, we're reminded that even the closest followers of Jesus didn't totally understand this great plan. And I love Thomas when he said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And even the closest followers of Jesus who spent these three years with him day after day after day didn't understand the whole plan. And Thomas is trying to figure this out. And we see Thomas afterwards. You know, I'm not going to believe that Jesus is resurrected until I can put my fingers in the, in the wounds. But that's okay. But, but Thomas is here and he's saying, how do we know where you're going? And Jesus explains this again. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. See, again, you must have that personal relationship with Jesus. You must have 
this personal relationship to spend eternity with him. But there's so many faulty things that are going around in our world today that we do not understand or we hear and they're false. One, my parents and grandparents are believers, so I must have a place in heaven. No, each person must make their own decision to follow Christ. Well, if I attend church every week, that'll get me into heaven. Well, we're glad you're here, but this is not going to get you into heaven. It is crucial, it is very crucial that you worship with the body of Christ. Very crucial. It is very important for us to be together as brothers and sisters each week to worship. We found that during COVID when we were worshiping away by computer and uh, many people when they came back that was the number one thing they said was we just missed being with our brothers and sisters in Christ. There's something about the body of Christ to find that encouragement to find that need that we all have uh, but coming to church will not get you into heaven. Oh, I've heard this one. I'm a good person. And God will not send a good person to hell. Well, Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's not one of us in this room that's perfect. Therefore, we are separated from a holy God. And we must realize that you can never be good enough. You can't have more good in this bag and, and less bad in this bad bag and you'll go to heaven. Nope, it doesn't matter how good you are. Well, I like this one. If I give enough money to the church, <laughs> I'll get myself into heaven. Well, keep giving. Every Baptist minister will say that. Just keep giving. But again, that is not going to get you into heaven. Now, giving and tithing is important in your relationship and walk with the Lord. But it's not going to get you into heaven. There are many ways to get to heaven, but without a relationship with Jesus, confessing that Jesus is the Lord of your life, and you're surrendering Him, surrendering to Him, there's no other way except total surrender that you'll get into heaven. As I've traveled and had the opportunity as a missions pastor to go literally all over the world, I've got to see many different people groups and the way that they worship or they think they worship and how they try to make peace with the many gods that are out there. There's only one true God. I've been in the homes of Asians where they have put pictures of loved ones on their wall to only to go and worship and pray to them every night to where they would have a place in the afterlife that they could save them a place there. Well, I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, your ancestors cannot save you a place in the afterlife. They don't have that power. I've been to a Buddhist temple and watched people come in and give money and food and material items to Buddha. But Buddha's dead. And giving money or, or material needs to a dead God will not get you anywhere. I know people, even in this area, 
that may go to a Baptist church this morning, that have already gone maybe to the Catholic church last night to make sure all their, all their bases are covered. Only one true God. On our first trip to Guatemala in June, we went to some uh, Mayan ruins. And one of the things that uh, uh, we learned, uh, among other things, was they, they still have the sacrificial system going um, to, uh, to their gods. But we were uh, not allowed to go back into that area uh, because it was a dark, evil place. But one of the things that we learned, even in their Mayan culture, um, because of the Catholic Church being the recognized church in Guatemala, they plant and, and build their churches next to the Catholic Church. And many, sometimes even sidewalks that go between them so they can do their Mayan worship and then walk outside and go to the Catholic Church to make sure, again, that they cover all their bases. So we go over to Guatemala. We go over to other places. We go over to our neighbors, only to tell them that there's only one true God. There's only one way to heaven. See, we, we got to, to begin again, and I just mentioned this passage of Scripture in Romans 3.23 that says, For all have sinned. See, there's something that we all have in this room that's in common, and that's we're sinners. Men, women, children, red and yellow, black and white, we are all sinners and separated from a holy God. We need Jesus. And I'm so glad that the Bible continues to go on and say, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so today, here's the deal. You must first recognize that you're a sinner and that you are separated from a holy God. But if it was not for Jesus coming and providing the ultimate sacrifice of living and being born as a baby, living the perfect life, going to Calvary and dying on the cross for our sins, being buried but raising three days later, eternity would not be provided for us today. See, it took that perfect sacrifice. It took that perfect um, uh, sacrifice on a cross to die for you and for me, to put all the sins, past, present, and future, on the cross to where we can be forgiven. But, but God, yes, he... Jesus died on that cross, but thank God he didn't stay dead because three days later he rose again. And today we can celebrate and, and have faith and trust in a risen Lord and not a Buddha that's dead because Jesus is alive. And man, he's gone to prepare a place for us. And as believers, we need to take and have faith and hope and trust in our future because of that. And one of the things that, uh, for you guys that, that grew up into the, in the Troy era, Troy would say this, always stuck there. Not many things stick there, but it's stuck there. Our job now is to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. So our job is not done. Our job is not complete. 
until the word, word of God goes to every tongue, tribe, and nation out there. So I hope today that you hear this only one way, and that's through Jesus. And you have to put your faith and trust in him and him alone, and that is the only way that you'll receive eternal life. So today, if you're one of these people that have um, maybe thought, I'm a good churchgoer, I'm a good tither, I've gone ever since my mom and my grandma brought me, but I've never made that personal decision, maybe today can be your day of salvation. Or maybe there's people in this room that's heard this for the very first time today, and today can be your day of salvation by placing your faith and trust in him. By repenting of your sins and turning from your ways and going to a place where you want to surrender your life and to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, that is my desire for you today. Is today your day of salvation? So in just a moment, I'm going to pray, and we'll come to the close of of the message. But I want to ask you to do one of two things. If today's the day that you would want to surrender your life to Christ, I'll be here at the front to meet you. But during the time of invitation, if you are a follower of Christ and there's not a doubt in your mind that if you pass from here today and you crossed over into, in, into heaven because you have a relationship with Jesus, I would ask you to pray for your friends, your neighbors, your relatives. There's somebody right now that's just come to your mind that needs to know Jesus. And I would, I would ask that during this time of invitation that you would spend just a few moments and pray for that person and pray for their soul to be turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and that they would become a follower of Christ. That is the most important decision that we can make. And my, my, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, please do not take this lightly because we are to go into all nations. We are to go into every part of the world, and that world starts at your home, in your backyard, in your neighborhood, in our communities, and around the world. And so my prayer is that today you would be challenged as a follower of Christ to share the best news that could ever be, be, be passed on, and that is that Jesus loves you and that you have and need a personal relationship with him. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are thankful for this opportunity to worship you today. And God, I know this message may seem simple, but the gospel is, is simple. Repent and turn to Jesus. And God, there's many people in this room that have, have made that decision to follow you. But God, replant the desire in our hearts to go and to reach our world for you. But, my, but God, my heart is heavy today for any person that's in this room that's never said yes to you. May today be their day of salvation and may they surrender their life to you and their life be changed forever because of that decision. So God, we give these next few moments to you and may you work through the stirring of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the people here. 
For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me and let's sing, The Lord is my salvation. Who is like the Lord our God, strong to save? Think of something to say. Um, Just Jeffrey, do it for the next thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey's preaching tonight, and uh, I think some of the students are going to share, so you won't want to miss that. I will not be here because I'm going to leave here and go hold my eight-day-old grandbaby, and so that's all I'm going to say. So um, um, it was hard being uh, away in another country when he's born, and then coming back and having work to do. But I'm not going to be here tonight, Jeffrey. I'm sorry. That's right. That's why, why, do, why do babies come when the doctor says they're not supposed to come? We do a lot of things. God knows something yeah, the doctors don't. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Hey, have a blessed day. Hope to see you tonight.